Welcome to the UTG at Work podcast. I'm Deacon Mike Houghton. I'm the executive director of an apostolate called UTG at Work. Our mission is to help women and men joyfully live their faith and witness to Christ in the gospel in the workplace. I'm happy to be with you as we explore the Sunday gospel and ways that help people who work. You can find this podcast as well as helpful articles, videos, and other materials on our website, which is utgatwork.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcasting sites. This weekend, we celebrate the Feast of the Holy Family, and our gospel is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. When the days were completed for their purification according to the law of Moses, they took him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, just as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that opens the womb shall be consecrated to the Lord and to offer the sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons in accordance with the dictate of the law of the Lord. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, awaiting the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Christ of the Lord. He came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought the child Jesus to him to perform the custom of the law regarding him, he took him into his arms and blessed God, saying, Now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all the peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and glory for your people Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him, and Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be contradicted. And you yourself a sword will pierce, so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. There was also a prophetess, Anna by name, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived seven years with her husband after her marriage, and then as a widow until she was eighty-four. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day with fasting and prayer. And coming forward at that very time, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were awaiting the redemption of Israel. When they had fulfilled all of the prescriptions of the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. When my wife and I were first married, we would look at couples with young children and wonder why on earth they didn't do a better job of parenting. Their kids would whine and throw tantrums in public, squirm and make noise at church, and sometimes make a nuisance of themselves for everyone around them. When we had young children of our own, we found that they would whine and throw tantrums in public, squirm and make noise in church, and sometimes make a nuisance of themselves to everyone around them. And then we understood. But then we would see parents of teenagers and wonder why on earth they didn't do a better job of parenting. Their kids would get into trouble after school, and they would do things that their parents had to apologize for and make amends. When we had teenagers of our own, we found out that they would get into trouble at school, and that they did things that we would have to apologize for and try to make amends. And then we understood. Mind you, our kids were pretty good kids. We didn't have any serious problems, but teenagers will be teenagers, and eventually things will happen. But then, we would see parents of kids in college, and wonder why on earth they didn't do a better job of parenting. Their kids would join fraternities and sometimes skip Mass on Sundays. And when our kids went off to college, well, they pretty much did the same. In fact, both of my sons were fraternity presidents. Now, I'm very proud of all three of my children and how they handled college. They all got good grades. They all graduated in four years, and they all landed good jobs. 
But were there problems? Of course there were. The temptations that hit our young adults as they head off to college are overwhelming, and even the best of them eventually hit a bump in the road. Thank God, for my kids, those bumps were generally small. Today, I can say that I'm very proud of my children. They're all successful. Two of the three are now married, and we love our son-in-law and our daughter-in-law. They're all grounded in love of the Lord, and they all have successful careers. But when I look back on those years of raising them, it wasn't always easy. So, I say this to add a little bit of perspective to the Feast of the Holy Family, which we celebrate today. You see, it's easy to lose perspective when we look at the Holy Family, with their halos on their heads, posing for holy cards, looking calm and reflective. They seem so perfect, so happy. And then we look back at our own family and realize that we couldn't even get them all to smile for the family Christmas card picture. And sometimes we feel, well, pretty inadequate. We're not the Holy Family. In fact, we can't hold a candle to them. We argue, we struggle, we sin. We can't possibly measure up to the example that they offer to us. Let's face it, two-thirds of them were without sin. Poor Joseph, a holy and righteous man who is himself one of the greatest saints of all time, must have felt like he was in the minor league compared to the rest of his family. You can just imagine what he would say when they had a family disagreement. Well, he's without sin and she's without sin, so I guess it's my fault again. As great as he was, he didn't even get a single line in the Bible. So how can my family, with all of its problems, measure up to the example of the Holy Family? Well, here's something I've learned through the School of Hard Knocks of Parenting. The true holiness of a family is revealed not in the storms that they avoid, but rather in how they react to the inevitable storms that come. My wife and I have tried hard to help our children to avoid the storms, and we've had a fair amount of success in this. We've always tried to make faith in God the fundamental underpinning of everything we do, and this has proven to be a tremendous enabler to us being a better family. I would be remiss as a deacon if I didn't point out that faith in God is the ultimate glue that holds a family together. But when things are good, there's not much of a challenge to being a good family. It's when things turn sour that we really learn about who we are and what we mean to one another as family. When things go poorly, are we there for one another? Are we supportive? Do we rally around the one who's experiencing a rough patch? Do we show compassion and mercy toward family members who are in the most need of it? Do we love each other enough to tease and poke when things are good, but to love and support when things are bad? This is where the strength and the holiness of a family is truly tested. Even those families who struggle to love one another in ordinary times will rally to support someone in need. That says a lot about their true holiness. But some families struggle even under these circumstances. Sometimes they just can't get along. I have to believe that as you listen to this, most or perhaps even all of you are reflecting on the fact that your family isn't perfect either. Maybe you have broken relationships. Maybe you have hurts that don't seem like they can ever be healed. For all of us who have experienced brokenness in our family, today's Feast of the Holy Family can be hard to contemplate without at least a little bit of guilt and remorse. From a pastoral perspective, I offer that you should never lose hope. God loves every single person he has ever created, including you and me, and even including that family member who is an embarrassment to the family. Never lose sight of the fact that God loves you and can't wait for you to love him back, no matter what you've done or failed to do in your life. But I would also ask you to ponder the fact that every single person you work with is having the same experience as they ponder their own families. They may not know or even care about the Feast of the Holy Family, but they know painfully well how much they and others in their family have failed 
and they need help. What do they need? They need to know the love of God. In many cases, perhaps in most cases, given the data we see on declining faith in our country, they may not understand that they need the love of God. But there's a longing in their heart for something, and whether they realize it or not, that something is faith. You may be the only link to God and to a life of faith that they have. Now, sometimes when I say that, people think I'm exaggerating, but I'm not. Just think about all of the atheists and agnostics who have raised their children with no appreciation for God or for the faith, and you can understand why so many people today, especially people under the age of 40, don't know God, nor do they have any personal relationships with people who do know God. You can be the light of Christ to them. You can show them how much they're loved by God, no matter what their family situation may be. You can do that by witnessing to your faith as a joyful missionary disciple when you come to work. Now, I realize that sometimes it's hard to be a light to others when there may be darkness in your own life. Right now, I'm struggling to enjoy Advent and to prepare the way of the Lord while my own mother's health is declining and we're wrestling with what the weeks and months ahead will look like. Lately, I don't wake up whistling a happy tune. No, I wake up wondering what health crisis may confront me that day. But I trust in the Lord, and I believe that he won't let me down. I know that he's there by my side every minute of every day, and I know that how I act now says much more about my faith than how I act when the days are happy. So, maybe this homily is more of a pep talk for me than for you, and if so, I apologize. But this Feast of the Holy Family is a reminder that the holiness of a family is defined by how we support one another when the chips are down not how good we look on a Christmas card or on a picture on Facebook. Today, don't allow yourself to feel inadequate when you think about the Holy Family. God didn't call you to raise his son like he called Mary and Joseph, and he doesn't ask you to be perfect. He asks you to embrace the role of his disciple, no matter what your circumstances, to see his great love in everything that life hands you, and to be a witness to him, to those you come to know, especially at work. The world is broken in so many ways, and problems are everywhere. But as St. Paul tells us, where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you everywhere you go, especially at work. Thanks for joining me for this week's UTG at Work podcast. I look forward to meeting again next week. In the meantime, I encourage you to boldly live your faith in the workplace in the week ahead. I'll pray for your success and I ask that you pray for the success of this UTG at Work apostolate. If you want to learn more about us, please visit utgatwork.org. Now go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life.